on today's show. The most surprising thing is that I never heard anything from Elon Musk. Yeah, I was going to ask that question. Yeah, yeah I, I was I was expecting, like, certainly uh, Elon will chime in on Twitter or say thank you uh, or no thank you or what, <laughs> at least something. And one of my secret my secret goals was I really wanted the the, end of the the book ends with the Falcon Heavy launch, which is happening this month actually in Canaveral. And I'd written the book with that kind of in mind that I could maybe take my four year old son to that as kind of a, a pinnacle of this book adventure. Five, four, three, two, one, one. Welcome to the Creator Institute podcast. Your host, Erin Coster. How's it going, everyone? This is Eric. Today, we're going to meet the other half of one of our podcast guests. Uh, this is Evan Loomis, and he is the co-author with uh, another one of our guests, Evan Bayer, who are the authors of the book, Get Back. Um, but we spend most of the time here talking with, with Evan Loomis about his own adventures, his own adventures with sort of, you know, uncovering the the curiosity inside him, his sort of ability to navigate through different adventures. And and we, we talk, we spend quite a bit of time talking about uh, the children's book he worked on with his son uh, and, and that adventures of crafting a children's book and the, the uh, interesting outcomes this led. We talk about what it's like to, to write about Elon Musk uh, and, and the, uh, the listening for Elon Musk's feedback when you publish a book um, about, about Elon Musk as a hero. And, and we share a little bit about the differences of creating a, a traditional book that uh, Get Back went on to become a bestseller, as well as uh, this children's book and the differences in, in the creation, what matters in it. Um, Evan today is, is, a, is running uh, Saturn Five, which is a startup studio, and as he's an investor, he's had a, a large number of different opportunities in front of him. I describe him as a bit of a utility infielder of the startup space. And, and I think that's part of what his charm is. He's incessantly curious. And I think this book project that he did with his son was a result of saying, hey, listen, I want to do something with my kid. And I was sort of inspired as a dad to think, how can I do something? And so we share our own, uh, our own thoughts on what book we could write for our daughters now that, that, uh, that Evan has written the book Elon Musk's uh, children's book for his son. What's, the, what's next? And, and you'll hear a little bit of who, uh, who I think he should write on with, uh, with that. And, uh, and turns out I may have signed up to, to co-author this, this next one with him and his daughter. So Evan Loomis, everyone, the author of Get Backed and the author of, uh, of the Elon Musk children's book. You'll enjoy the conversation and learn what it's like to create with partners, be it the other Evan that he worked on Get Back With, as well as his son and the, the power of creating something that is a, is a side project, but ultimately can, can unveil some power. Awesome. Evan Loomis, uh, so glad we got to meet. And uh, the only reason we're doing this is because you canceled on uh, a collaboration with your uh, your fellow co-author, the other Evan, as I call him. So I'm glad we uh, we were able to do this. Man, I'm pumped to be here. Thanks for having me. Of course, of course. And so what's uh, what I'm excited to talk about with, with you a little bit, obviously, um, you have had a very uh, storied and interesting and unique career path. As I was jumping around, you've got kind of all aspects. Basically, you're like the uh, 
you're like the utility infielder of the startup space of, of all the varied things you've done. But I, I, what I thought was interesting in the recent periods of time is you've been, um, you've created sort of the extremes of books and you've had some pretty interesting collaborators and partners in these ones. So what I would love to start with though, is I want to take it back a little bit. You, uh, I read an interview that you did and you talk about uh, the way your mom describes you as a child and your in- incessant curiosity. So uh, take us back to Evan Loomis as a kid and, uh, and the, the uh, why, 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 why uh, youth that you had. Yeah, great, great question. Uh, and I appreciate you saying the word utility player because uh, most of the time people think of me more as like the, uh, the, the, the trash collection guy. I'm more okay. <laughs> <laughs> unfunctional, but um, happy to be both. So as a kid, man, I... Uh, I really struggled and I, I had to go to special classes. I couldn't even go to kindergarten. I had to do this, I do this thing called uh, Sling Island, which is a program to kind of get you ready for kindergarten, which is hmm. kind of disturbing given the fact that I was already old for my grade. And um, my parents took me to see doctors and the doctors were like, you know, he's, he's normal. He's not, <laughs> he's not, he's not stupid, but he's really just kind of in his head and imaginative and, um, I think you're just going to have to figure out a way to, of learning that works for him. And so I, I think from a little age, I was totally ADD, really in my head. I mean, I, my worst fear as a kid was getting called on in class um, because I knew when I got called on, I would have no context for what the, uh, what was happening. I would just, mm-hmm. So I, I think I learned like a coping mechanism was learning how to improv and make something up that sounded witty or um, just accommodate. Cause there's no way that I could compete with probably people like you, Eric, honestly, that were really, really smart, make good grades could fill in the Scantron correctly and all that kind of stuff. I was awesome at the Scantron. So good at the Scantron. <laughs> I, I, honestly, I bet you are. And I, forever I was super envious of people like you that were like, could play the game. And I, I just, I couldn't play the regular education game. So I, I mm-hmm. created a new game. Honestly, it's amazing. When you were that that sort of kid, and, and I'm going to preview a little bit. You know, you 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 write, you've write this written this book with uh, with the help of your son on Elon Musk. And uh, one of the things I think is really interesting. It's a children's book, and and you talk about um, sort of his experiences growing up and being bullied. Um, did you did you find that sort of experience as being a little different growing up? Um, one of those things that you know, being able to learn about Elon Musk's story was helpful to you to even understand kind of what makes you tick today. You know, I, I think so. Um, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go as far as to say that I was bullied or, or frustrated as a kid. My, my first bullying moment was being called a womanizer, and I was like, I remember <laughs> when I was eight years old. I came home and I was like, Dad, my neighbor just called me a womanizer, and I had no idea what it meant. And anyway, um, so that 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 was just you know a neighbor heckling me, obviously. But I, I wouldn't say I was bullied. I had an awesome childhood. My, my parents were amazing. Yeah, I don't have like big mom daddy wounds. They they kind of did everything they can to accommodate to to, to accommodate me as a as a little imaginative boy. But um, you know, the children's book really was um, an encouragement from my wife, and, and she said, "Look, you're you spend ninety nine percent of your mental energy imagining and then building businesses. You're not part. Mm-hmm. Like, please bring some of that home with you." And <laughs> I, I was like, okay, well, how, how do I do that? I mean, when you just hear things like be a good dad or 
um, be, a, be a leader in your family. That, that, those kind of fall flat of actually giving me something actionable to do. And so I just found something simple that I could do with my son, which was, let's write a kid's book. And so we started, hmm. we started hunting around for ideas and um, I've got this really cool wall of heroes in my son's bedroom with uh, Rosa Parks and Nelson Mandela and William Wilberforce and C.S. Lewis and Einstein and Walt Disney and Henry Ford and just kind of all the all the great yeah. scientists and political activists and all that. And it's like, you know, I ought to introduce him to somebody that's like alive today. And so it, it's not hard to like look at your newsfeed and figure out some new crazy idea that Elon Musk is up to. And so I, I picked him as our first jumping off point to do together. And so I, I just brought a little bit of entrepreneurship to my family and it was super fun. That's amazing. And and what was the, the kind of process like of collaborating with your son on that front? I mean, obviously, you know, you're an entrepreneur, you've worked in the entrepreneurial space. You know, this your son was four at the time when you started this sort of project. So what is it like to kind of say, hey, let's uh, let's work on a project like this together? <laughs> I mean, it's it's like not happening, honestly. <laughs> my my four-year-old was the uh I, I I called him the A B tester. And so he would A B test different versions of the book. Um, so I had kind of a live study in the house. Hmm. And, um, I, and I, I knew that Elon was going to be a good one because when I would go to bed at night and I would, I would tell him stories about one of the heroes on the wall, he always liked stories about Elon. And the reason he liked stories about Elon is because Elon had a lot of childhood pain that he had overcome in life. He was, he was bullied as a kid and he, he's got some procurial, you know, just, just some instincts as a, as a person that I think are, are different. You know, he's kind of nerdy in some ways. And, um, I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean it's like little kids really to those things. Um, he read a lot and all that. And so Elon was, my, my son kind of helped me sniff out that Elon would be a good hero to write about. And then he AB tested, but that was about it. Um, but I, I made him feel, I made my son feel like he was, the co-author along the way, mm-hmm. just to pull him into the process. Yeah, and and I and I do like that you you know you you talk in an, an interview I saw with uh, with Entrepreneur Magazine. You talk about um, what was interesting about working with a hero, a real live hero, as opposed to sort of an imaginary hero like Superman, is that um, this hero has flaws. And so, what what was that like of sort of unpacking this concept? Because I think you're there's this tension, obviously, right? You know, there's a you know, some people don't like Elon Musk in the same ways as, you know, but, but you don't sort of have that same vitriol out there for Superman, right? Everyone likes Superman, so to speak. So what is it like trying to think about, could you really make Elon Musk into a, a hero in a, in a book format like this for kids? Yeah, that was one of the biggest challenges for me, honestly, is that there are like, no matter who um, we're talking about, like any, any person that is an actual person has flaws and, and there are trolls out there that just absolutely do not like them. And uh, with, with Elon, it's so different. He's a, he's a hard businessman who, who demands a lot from his employees and he's had a kind of a rough go of relationships over his life. And so there's a lot of things where you could just kind of shoot at him and say, he's not a hero. And um, I think the point of the book really was not to like, not, not, not to put people on the, on the pedestal to say this is a capital H hero, but here are some really heroic things that someone has done for the benefit of humanity. And let, can we just celebrate that? Like put, put your troll club aside for a little bit. 
this is a kid's book and we're trying to showcase that there are actual people out there that are alive today that are working on really big problems. And so um, that was kind of the spirit of it. And it doesn't matter who you talk about. It's MLK. He's like universally beloved. You have people that are like, well, he cheated on his wife. And so he's never really going to be a hero for me. And so on some of you just can't win. And so you just have to like fight, I think proxy battles of celebrating what I would just call the good and the true and the beautiful of people, assuming they're not outright villains. Um, there's a lot to be celebrated in people. And honestly, there's, I think there's a deeper message in the kids book, which is like, we're all really, really flawed um, to the core. And, and, and yet we, we have these amazing capacities for love, for um, adventure, for ideas to build something beautiful. Um, given given that we're all like flawed humans. And that, that's just kind of a reality that, that I think is a fact. And so anyway, I'll, I'll get off my soapbox. No, no, no. I think, I think it's, I think it's important. And, and you know, as, as uh, I, I have two young daughters, I have a three and a 18 month old. And I think we think, I think about that a lot, a lot. I mean, I even, you know, I think about it as the dad of daughters because it's crazy to see all of the books, any book that's basically written uh, 20 years ago, uh, almost has no female characters in it that speak. And so I, I do think that there's this concept, except a little bit about you sort of have to write the world as you want to see it, which I think it's inspiring to see saying, Hey, like I don't see a lot of books about entrepreneurial heroes out there even. I mean, I, I can't think of any kids books that define some of those. So if you, if you, have you been approached now about, all right, who's next? Like, where's the book coming on, you know, Steve jobs and Mark Zuckerberg and Sarah Blakely. And is that kind of, has anyone approached you now about this sort of taking this uh, as a series? Well, yeah, they, they, they have. And, and one of the cool things about it is I'm, I'm glad you brought up your daughters. My, my firstborn is a boy in the world, and my second is a girl, Catherine. And she's two. And so I've, I've kind of silently committed to my wife that I'll do one for each kid. Good. And so um, the next hero is is definitely going to be a girl. Um, and so I'm, I'm open to name ideas. And um, I, don't, I just don't, man, I've got a ton going on. So I don't have capacity to be like a, an actual, like Dr. Seuss, children's book author. Yeah. That is not, that is not within the realm of what, what I can do without completely spinning out of control. But um, a, a couple books for, my, my other two kids is really achievable. So, man, if you have any if you have any heroes that are alive today that are not like really politically or ideologically divisive, I'm all ears on ideas. Um, I don't I don't have one picked yet, but I'm I'm kind of soliciting. Uh, names from the universes. Yeah, I, you know, I had the I had the the pleasure of having Meg Whitman serve on my board at, at Zarley, and uh, amazing woman. But I think there's some political potential political stuff there. But she is an impressive person. Um, I, she's really great. And the other one I think is really an interesting one is um, uh, Catherine Graham is pretty fascinating. Thinking about her as the first uh, CEO of a Fortune 500 company. Those are two that I would put that I would I would read with um, with Quinn and Parker. Nice. Okay, I'll put those names down. Thanks, man. Put them in the list anyways. I, I, I like, so I get, you know, obviously this is a, a different kind of book to write. You know, we'll talk a little bit about get backed with, uh, with the, with the Evan squared, uh, endeavor, but what, you know, there's, you know, you're, you're basically, there's pictures in a lot of this. How did that process go about sort of going from, all right, like we're going to write a book on Elon to starting to actually come up with something that is in children's book format. I, I wrote this book with two other people. Um, I love doing projects with other people yeah. that are better than me since the word and um, I wrote a, I wrote a first draft of the book 
and it was very literal and it didn't have things that are super important to kids, which is rhythm. Oh yeah. Uh, and humor. Hmm. And, and that and so the, the book opens up with, you know, what does Elon Musk do? He makes tacos. And it's obviously silly, but kids love that stuff. And so I, yeah. I wrote kind of a very dry version and I pulled in this brilliant guy named Levi Bethune. And Levi and I kind of jammed on various iterations of the script uh, for the book and came up with something that I thought was really catchy. And that, that's been a large part of Levi. He's, he's one of the most creative people I know. <laughs> and Levi pulled in his, uh, one of his friends from Cincinnati named Diana and she, she cranked out the illustrations. And so it was a fun little, a fun little project to do with other people. But um, children's books are hard because they're, 99% of it is really beautiful artwork and illustration. Yeah. And, uh, I'm going to kind of downplay the importance of words, but 1%, like, just in terms of the time that it took to write the book, 1% was the, the, the book manuscript because hmm. it was only 500 words. Uh, you know, and so th- th- Diana really threw herself into the illustrations. I mean, and what's it been, what's been the reaction? Like what's been surprising? I mean, obviously I, you know, when you, when you Google this book, it's sort of all over the place. Uh, did you, did you expect kind of the reaction? Um, and what surprised you? What's been the surprising reactions that you've seen, um, from, from this book out there? Uh, parents love it. Yeah. Yeah. And then they also hate it because the kids love it so much. So <laughs> That's the, the, the worst thing ever about kids book is they like go to the well. Wars is pig the pug right now. We read that thing probably every other day. So I'm with you. Totally, man. So it's, uh, you know, li- li- little kids love rockets. And so the, the kids end up getting rockets stuck in their little imaginations and they can't stop talking about it. And some parents are like, okay, I love your book. My kid loves it, but we cannot stop talking about rockets and I've kind of hidden the book from them. But, um, you know, so the the thing that's always like the, the point is do people enjoy it? And is, is there like a, a glimmer of a message that is helpful or supportive to parents as they try to do the, the most heroic thing and that's raise good people, you know? And so I, I think the, uh, the books serve a really good purpose in all that. The, the most surprising thing is that I never heard anything from Elon Musk. Yeah, I was going to ask that question. Yeah, yeah I, I, was, I was expecting, like, certainly uh, Elon will chime in on Twitter or say thank you uh, or no thank you or well, <laughs> at least something. And one, one of my secret, <laughs> my secret goals was I really wanted, the, the, end of the, the book ends with the Falcon Heavy launch, which is happening this month, actually, in Canaveral. And I'd written a book with that kind of in mind that I could maybe take my four-year-old son to that as kind of a, a pinnacle of this book adventure. Um, and I just never heard anything from Elon or SpaceX or anything. And so I just assumed that they either rolled their eyes or there's, there's too much legalese around, um, you know, an entrepreneur supporting a book. So I was really hoping that he would say something, but he didn't. So... It would be, it'll be interesting. I wouldn't be surprised if at some point something random happens and, and it, it pops. Cause it seems like he's one of my favorite people to follow on Twitter. Cause he's just so real. And if it, 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 you know, I'm sure his mind is sort of all over the place, but it, it'll, I'd be anxious to hear if something pops down the road. Cause it wouldn't surprise me if suddenly, uh, ta-da here, here, here he is. He pops in and is suddenly championing the children's book that's been created about him. Yeah. Maybe I should give like a, 
$10,000 prize for anybody that gets Elon to tweet it or something. I don't know. Yeah, I, mean, I think um, it's have a little competition out there. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So I want to go a little bit to another the 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 earlier collaboration, which was uh, with uh, with your partner in crime, Ev Crime, Evan Bayer, and we both know Evan, and he's sort of as you said, a force of nature. Um, but he shared something interesting about your collaboration on the Get Back book. Is that part of the inspiration was you guys knew each other and were looking for something to collaborate on a little bit? Tell the story about how this sort of idea came from. Uh, kind of could be interesting to like, hey, we should actually collaborate on a book like this together. Yeah, well, the I'm glad you brought that up, Eric. It's it's interesting. The the primary purpose of the book was to deepen our friendship, and I, I've got a I've got kind of a thought that I that I share with people, which is like, if, if there's no like friction in your relationship, you're probably just networking with people. And my closest friends, I don't want to like network with them. You know, it's it, life's too short to have networking type relationships with people be here. And, and Evan was kind of in that category of, "Hey, I, I know you, I like you, but let's work on something together. Let's create a little friction, so to speak. But let's kind of argue over things and, and really get to know each other better." And so it, it started off of like, "Okay, well, if we want to do that, what are we going to do?" And then the, the book was really secondary to the the primary objective of getting to know someone better and collaborating with them and just kind of deepening our friendship as fluffy as that sounds. It's true. And so we'd, uh, each of us kind of individually had received about a hundred emails from different entrepreneurs that had said, Hey man, I heard you raised a successful round of capital. I'm hoping to raise money. Can you help out? Or something like that. I, I, I need money. And Bear and I, over the years, had sent lots of emails just encouraging people because it's important. I, it, it's really, really, as you know, Eric, it's super hard to be an entrepreneur. It's oh, God, you die yeah. almost a dozen times along the way. <laughs> <laughs> the Elon Musk chewing and looking off in the abyss and chewing glass is, is, it sounds like, it sounds sort of like, you know, sort of crazy to say, but it really does feel that way. It's a lonely, lonely experience, and particularly in the fundraising part when you're when you got employees counting on you, it is lonely. So you're certainly true. You never want to. I'm with you. Like anytime someone seriously wants to talk about it, you got to champion them. So, but it but it does. It takes a lot of time. It, it takes a lot of time, but man, if you, if you take a step back and you just realize that, like the clothing that you're wearing right now, Eric, the this, the chair that you're sitting on, the microphone that you're talking into, the computer that you're looking at, the the windows that surround your house, like every, everything was, was invented by an entrepreneur and then acted upon. They, they, they created those things all around us. And so we're, we're at a huge debt to people that have a vision and want to go pursue it. Um, and, and so because that is my, my mindset, they're, they're the heroes that we're indebted to. Let, let's help them out along the way. At least give them some encouragement. But, I think what happens when you make yourself open to that is that you just get mobbed by like a hundred people. They're like, Oh my gosh, I need money. Help. And, and, and that, that was kind of the jumping off point for me and Evan bear with the book is let's put down our, our best ideas, the most beautiful pitch decks, pitch decks that have raised money in the past and give, give entrepreneurs something that can kind of last, not, not just one off 30 minute phone calls that kind of wear us out at the end of the day. And, um, so we, we did get back and it's been really awesome. I think it was one of Harvard best selling books for the year. And, um, I, I've heard 
business uh, uh, presses for for, dif- for different book publishers are notoriously bad. Harvard was incredible. Um, I told everybody that they're just like the most delightful people to work with. And uh, I, if I ever have another business book idea, I'd, I'd show it to them first. They're just great. So it's amazing. Did you did now you, you talk about this creating a little tension? Um, you know, you're, you're both in the midst of like launching, you have companies, you're raising capital, like big time stuff. Were there ever points along the way where you were like, dude, I'm out. Like this is, this is, this has been nice, but like, I can't be working on a book while these other things are going on. What was that sort of tension like with writing a book with a partner and not, it it not being your, your sole priority? Yeah. You kind of get shot at from a number of different angles. I I had a lot of people like you're too young to write a business book. What do you know? Um, yep. A lot of people that are just, on the lookout for people that are self-promoting. We're like, yeah, I kind of knew you were a self-promoter. Yeah, I, you know, it, it, it validated these, like, things that are out there in the orbit of that. And um, I, I think Evan struggled with that more than I did. I, I, early on, I got kind of blessing, so to speak, from my from the business that I was working for to work on this project. And Evan was in the middle of, like, really serious. He was raising, like, $100 million when the book was coming out. And so there was, there was a, a, a much greater risk on his part for publishing the book because investors might think like, what's this guy doing? He's obviously not focused on the startup. And so I, I think Evan had some hard conversations internally with investors and his co-founder, Will Davis, who's awesome. And just to say like, Hey, this is happening. I actually think it's aligned with our business at Able and not anything. And so um, I'm going to give you the authority to kind of shut it down if you need to, but that this is a thing. This is a thing that I think would actually be helpful to our business. And so, Evan had to work through some of that stuff. And at the end of the day, we published it, and it did. It did great. Um, but man, when you take, I mean, you know, this when you take capital from an investor, you are you are now a very yeah. very focused fiduciary of that treasure. Yeah. That you promised to multiply, and, and anything that feels distracting is a signal to an investor that you're. You may not have what it takes to actually build a real enterprise, and so that's that's something that I think he and I both took to heart along the way. Yeah, were there were there points that you guys any examples of points that you you disagreed on anything in the book, or or was this one of those things that uh, this relationship was one you you, uh, you deepened in it and it, it just worked? Yeah, <clears throat> there, there were like micro battles though. I don't think there's anything that was major like within it. This is both. Um, I mean, it's probably too much information, but we, we weren't sure if what the real gift entrepreneurs would just be a ton of badass pitch decks. Yeah. And so the, the first version of the book was called, the, the, the book was called Pitch Book. Hmm. And it was like a collection of investor presentations and, and how the founders started it. And then as we kind of got down the road, Evan was like, you know, you can have a really slick deck, but if you don't know how to build relationships. Yeah. You know, and, and so... Then we're thinking about two books, one book called Roadshow and one, one book called Pitch Book. And we, we, we kind of worked through it and then decided to do one book called Get Backed. And that, that kind of had both the, uh, the, the hard collateral aspect of raising money, which is like, what do you actually need to show investors in your, in your offering documents and financial model and all that? And then how do you conduct yourself um, relationally and otherwise to court? high net worth investors and VCs and all that kind of stuff. And um, 
So there's a little bit back and forth, but not not a lot of drama along the way. And and I, I liked in the the uh, the forward of your book, you you both acknowledge your your spouses. What's what's it like to when I, you know starting a business and having co-founders? They call it like basically having a work work spouse. Did you, did you guys find each other to sort of become like uh, you know in the process of launching a book, like basically book spouses? You know, because it, it's funny to see your interviews. You guys have this like fun banter relationship. What is it like to sort of develop that depth of relationship and that sort of intensity where uh, you guys jokingly refer to each other as Evan Squared, or I think you you describe yourselves as. The uh, Ivy League and the public school Evans. Um, what was what was that like? Sort of that, that relationship. Well, I mean, just to be clear, Evan Bear is the Ivy League, and I'm the <laughs> I'm like the uh, barely public school. You know, so, but, uh, we're, we're we're a good partner in that regard. I, th- I think I'm more like I just haven't gone to those institutions, and and so he he brings a certain level of instinct from having attended. Harvard, Princeton, and Yale, and I bring I bring my Texas Texas A and M University game, so to speak. <laughs> and uh, and I, I think we kind of complement each other in, in that regard because there, there is a sense when you do go to an Ivy League school, you've got this uh, invisible badge that says right. you're kind of validated on not not being a complete clown. And when you when you don't go to a, a tier one school. You've got to prove your. You've got to prove yourself in other ways that, that, I, that I think sometimes Ivy League um, kids, uh, you know, graduates take, take for granted is that they've, they've already been given kind of the, the papal blessing, so to speak, um, culturally. And, and for most people, raising money is just brutal. Yeah, it really doesn't matter if you're Ivy League or not. It's yeah, it's a kicking teeth um, mm-hmm. to try to take take. A piece of paper and convince an investor to give you millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. It's the hardest possible sale that, that one can make. Yeah, I, I you know, I, I, I shared this with uh, the other Evan, but it is it's a, it's really a great book, and I, I do uh, like you. Once once someone's raised capital, you get asked all the time, like, "Hey, can you help me?" And uh, yours is the book I recommend because it's actually quite uh, this mix of um, sort of specific, but also strategic, I guess, you know, I think there's this sense of, Hey, you know, whatever you basically just like talk to a bunch of people and it's like, Oh, great. Like that's not super helpful. And so I do think uh, one of my favorite things is sort of your, your friendship loop approach, which I think is, is pretty brilliant in terms of the, the, the way that you approach friendships as, as a tool. So one of the things I'd love to hear you talk about, um, just the generic version of it. Because I think that that concept of the friendship loop doesn't only apply in fundraising, but it implies in in really getting connected to anyone. Um, so could you describe like the friendship loop and maybe talk about it in a generic term as opposed to just specifically for fundraising? Yeah, the, the friendship loop is, um, I think, a universal way that humans kind of connect and build rapport with each other. So it starts off like this. Um, it's real easy. Remember, bridge, build, delight, and invite. So mm-hmm. you introduce somebody, you bridge to them. Imagine building a bridge between you know, body and water. Uh, you build a relationship with them, number two. You delight them with something unexpected. Like you fall into a handwritten note or you just are aware of your successes or things that are going on in their life in ways that you can be helpful. And then uh, four, if there's something for you to do together, like raise money or like anything really, you invite them into your journey um, or you invite yourself into their journey. And, and I, I think it's just a way of relating with human beings that has friendship at the center of it and not um, 
using people at the center of it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's all about you and it's all about events and your ideas and whatever you're working on. And I think if you approach people with kind of bridge build the light and light um, at, at the center, you end up just forging incredible relationships and actually get, getting kind of what you want, but through getting what they want. Right. Um, if, if that makes sense. It's, it's, and I, I had a bunch of investor meetings that went when I was raising money along the way or just business development meetings. And I, I just say, Hey, if, if I walk out of this meeting and I've made a friend, it was a huge success. And that, that's a different mindset than if I walk out of this meeting with a deal, then it's only a success. Or if I walk out of this meeting with like money, if I, if I don't walk away with money, then it, then it wasn't a success. It's, it, it moves it moves the relationship on kind of like more stable footing. And honestly, this is kind of what it means to be human. It's like yeah. to, to care for and befriend other people in ways that are mutually beneficial, not, not just... Well, and I think even I would say, just if I were to, to give a little color commentary, your book is an example of that. And in, in a lot of ways, the fact that you were able to get so many entrepreneurs who are, you know, notoriously protective of their pitch decks for a couple of reasons. One, they're sort of, uh, they can be embarrassing, right? Like what we say in our pitch deck oftentimes may be a little bit puffery and it may not turn out that way. So the fact that you were able to, in some ways, build a book based on true relationships of people to trust you in that way. I, I think that's in and of itself a pretty clear example of how you guys applied this, which was, listen, we all are in this together. And, and I, I, some of the people that you have feature, like Zvi, Zvi Band is a friend of mine. I, I see those folks and I know that they're kind of givers like you. And this is a book for, for them to sort of do something together, even though their names aren't on the front of the book. Uh, I, I thought it was a great, great evidence of, of really um, something that can be it's not easy to get that many people to sort of uh, open up and share their their uh, their proprietary information in a deck. Totally. And just to add on to that, this is really a pattern of behavior that I saw Evan Bearden like doing throughout the decade that I've known him, which is like anytime he'd meet somebody, he would first find a way to like catapult them farther and faster where they wanted to go. So it, he would almost never leave a meeting without oh my gosh, and you've got to meet these three wonderful people. And he would make warm introductions to them and everybody would kind of walk away from meeting Evan Bear being like, man, I can't believe that. That guy just changed my life. He just introduced me to my investor or my spouse or whatever it may be. But that, that kind of that level of generosity that I think um, Adam Grant has written about in Give and Take is, is something that he just maybe intuitively did from a young age, but um, that, that friendship loop in the book is kind of modeled loosely after just behavior that I saw him do and then try to copy. Honestly, I'm not, not, I, I don't think I intuitively did that like him, but it's pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome. That's a, I think it's really, it is a really neat thing. And I think as much as I, I enjoyed it reading of it from the perspective of uh, fundraising, I just think that it's, I see it in working with young authors who are trying to connect to people. And um, there's this like very transactional nature to, to, to these processes to meet other people or to go up. And I think your, your point is that framework of, of uh, sort of the friendship loop is a really smart one because it is. It's like, hey, if you get people on the side, get people a part of this, they are then invested in it. And and even like like just the example of the depth you were able to build with these relationships of, of entrepreneurs is um, it's compelling. It's really really cool. Awesome, thanks, man. It's been really fun to be with you from Austin, Texas, and I'm giving you a big virtual high five right now. I love it. I, really- I love it. Well, thank you, boss. More soon, and uh, we will we will wrap it here. Yeah.